Welcome to Dear Alice, a lifestyle approach to interior design. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Dear Alice. We have another episode for you today. This one, we are talking about agree to disagree. So we're going to fight it out yep. on this podcast. We put this out to... <laughs> yes. I, I mean, I'm I know. probably going to win. Not going to lie, but I've been working out. I have really heavy toddlers. So I, <laughs> that is true. Don't underestimate my biceps right now. <laughs> this is also a continuation of the episode from last week. Yes. Uh-huh. This is just... Our listeners' comments. Um, we at when we polled our Instagram audience, yeah. so we wanted to get to them because you guys took time, yeah, to respond. So that's what we're doing today. Yep. Excellent. We sure are. Um, but first, you guys, did you know that we offer design services? We offer. Shut up. <laughs> not joking. We offer not one but two design services. Both have designers with degrees on the program. We have one that is just for home furnishing design completely free service, complimentary. You can work with our designers that know every single line that we carry here at Alice Lane. So they're like your Disneyland fast pass to getting your home furnished because you can put your entire budget towards furnishings and you can work with a designer that knows everything we offer and they can help you get that look in your home. We're nationwide. We can ship to warehouses all over the United States. We've got a network of them and then they can bring that out to your house to the last mile and white glove deliver it. So it's a really fantastic easy process. They can get started right away. And again, that's called home furnishing design. The other service we offer is Alice Lane interior design, um, which Suzanne, do you want to tell them about what we do at ALID? Yes. ALID, we do anything from like new builds to remodels, but it's a lot more construction based from the very beginning to like the fruition of the plans down to like the last accessory styled and placed. So we really do credit ourselves at being like beautiful designers and being very technical. So anything that has to do with actual, like if we want need to move walls and adjust those plans before they're completely solid, we do that because we know how functional and beautiful a home can be. And those are when you start to make those decisions down to like your tile, your cabinetry, your plumbing. Again, all the polarizing decisions that you have to make a million of when you're doing a project, we help you with that. So we would help you with all those things, also with furnishings down to accessories. So that's like the very full service that we offer and uh, yeah, we love it. We're good at it. Builders love us nationwide. We're very technical and... And we're accepting projects for 2024. So if you have something you want to get started on, please give us a call um, on the website. There is a tab mm-hmm. called Design Services. Yep. On com. you just go to Design Services and you'll actually see forms for the home furnishings design and then for ALID. So whichever one you're interested in, you go there, you fill out the form, it goes to that department and then we can get you guys set up with an appointment. It's really easy, really fun. We really, I think both both programs help you kind of figure out wh- what you are. So we really want this to be individual to you. And uh, yeah, please give us a call. We'd love to work for you. Amen. Okay. Awesome. Should we get into it? Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about host chat. Yes. We're going to go best meal you've ever had. I know. I'm best like, meal. It's like end of the day. We're like, are you hungry? <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Suzanne is a foodie. She loves food. Um, yes. And are you, I think are, are mo- you a foodie? I feel like Suze is like emotional the way she talks about food and experiences and she'll, she'll do little things with her fingers <laughs> to describe Ooh. it. And she cares about the garnishes and the sauces and all of the accoutrement, not just the meal itself, which is beautiful. And when I'm with, when I hear Suzanne talk about food, I realize that I am not a foodie. I wonder if it stems from, um, 
I developed type one diabetes when I was 19. Mm-hmm. And so I look at food like math because I'm trying to count my carbohydrates and my protein and know how it's going to balance in my system. So I know what kind of insulin shot to take. And so I, I learned, I can't be emotional about what I eat because even though I feel like a donut, my blood sugar is at 300, I can't have it. Mm-hmm. And so food became more of a science to me. And it also is a chore almost. Yeah. And it's also like one more decision we have to make at the end of the day. Like we get home and since we're empty nesters, we'll be like, what do we want to do about food? <laughs> Because we're both tired and we both made a million decisions in a day. And so it's more about convenience at that point than what do I feel like? What's easiest? But when I do have a good meal, I really appreciate it. I've just learned to not be as emotional about it. And I, it's sad, right? Like I, I envy that Sue's, you know, is able to just, yeah, like have all of these emotions free about it, but not have to have her head get in the way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think that that's why, so we're going to get into best meal. Yeah. Best meal. Best meal. Okay. Um, we have a dear friend, his name is Viet Pham and he's an amazing chef. He owns several restaurants here. Pretty bird is delightful, but there was one restaurant that he opened up years ago and that was called forage Mm -hmm. and it was a chef's menu. And so you go in, you pay for that, like the whole suite of things. And I want to say it was like a over 10, I feel like entree, mm-hmm. just little experiences and little pieces of art that would keep coming out to you. And you guys, I, it was spiritual. We went there a few times while it was open. Um, he's since gone on to do a lot of other um, things that are probably more easier to manage mm-hmm. because he has Bobby Flay. He, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know he's an iron chef. He <laughs> does all the things he's in every magazine. You guys should look him up because he's not only the loveliest human, but ridiculously handsome and a crazy good chef. So um, his name's Viet Pham. How do you spell Viet it? Pham. V-I-E-T and FAM is P-H-A-M. Yeah. That's lovely. Um, so yeah, you'll see a bunch of stuff come on from the Food Network, from Food and Wine. But that meal at Forage, every time I eat there, again, back to like des- decision making, mm-hmm. I can just have a chef's menu and like have like as an artist, mm-hmm. I would want people to trust me. And he, I think of him as a 100% an artist who understands taste, understands composition, how to like order things like the way it like bounced from like one moment to the next was just so beautiful. And it just built upon each other. See, I'm doing things with my hands. Mm-hmm. It was like that. But you're selling me on it. That's, that's what's going on. Yeah, no. I actually, for my birthday, went to yes. Forage. And so I got to experience it. And I think his restaurant, Pretty Bird, that we still have today mm-hmm. um, in Salt Lake and Park There's City. Like three, three different three of locations. Them. Three or four different locations. Ex- There's one ninth and ninth. And- it's the best chicken sandwich. It is. Yeah. Even like the colors like of his cabbage and everything. Like he's so darn good. See, I'm doing that mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. She loves it. <laughs> That's a yeah. well, please. What's your favorite meal? Yeah. I went to Glendale, Arizona a couple months ago with my dad and he was like, oh, I feel like a steak tonight. I'm like, yeah, it sounds great. And so he's like, I'll look up places. He's not like a foodie type of person. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, Arrowhead Grill sounds good. I'm like, um, I, whatever. Yeah, it didn't to me, the name, mm-hmm. but uh, we went there and it was the best Arrowhead. meal I've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the service was amazing. The steak was the most expensive steak I've ever had, but it was great. Um, and yeah, like we had got, we got a bunch of sides. It Yum. was literally the best meal. Oh, and I yeah. do love a steakhouse. That's yeah. I mean, so I've been to good. like Nobu. That was amazing too. I feel like that's yeah. like the, I don't know, phoned in answer type of thing, yeah. but they're great as well. So, mm. but Arrowhead Grill, Glendale, Arizona. Good to know. Yeah. Okay. Well, so good. It was on my list. Yes. Very good. Okay. okay. Host chat. Let's get into Should we it. do it? Yep. Okay. Yes. Um, so these are all like 
comments, you know, questions from, from, uh, our, our Instagram audience. So this person asks, uh, other designers style in Utah that we either agree or disagree with. Came out of the gate. I know. Yeah, they came swinging. Jeez. Okay. I'm, let me just first say that I'm so grateful that there are other designers and other styles in Utah because there's so much work for everybody. And I do feel like home is so personal that we, they get to have a, a kind of a, a front row seat, if you will, now that we have Instagram of what styles are available. And so they're able to say that looks like home to me. And I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Some, some styles look more predictable to others, but that's also really good for the person that really wants to um, know exactly what they're going to get because they see that same result again and again and again in homes across the nation. See, I think that they're almost doing, some people are doing it, their clients a disservice by just giving them something that's a little spoon fed. I think as a designer, coming out swinging. Yeah, we should, um, you know, the, the job is to challenge the client. And the more you can do that, I think they're going to love their home longer and it won't be quote unquote trendy. Mm-hmm. That's my, that's my well, opinion dude, on it. But. I feel like the work we're doing is really individual and very personal. Um, we spend a lot of time trying to understand the client and what their look and feel is and trying to understand their inspirations, what their backgrounds are, what their favorite likes are, what the region the house is in. Um, you know, certainly like they might bring other projects of ours to the table, but we're never going to duplicate the work because we've, they've paid us to create something custom for them. So it would just be a disservice to both them and us to recreate something that we've done before. Mm -hmm. Um, so we just, we, we don't do it. We won't do it. Um, and design is, I feel like if you're building a brand new house, like let's break the mold and let's start over again, Yeah, you know? And it can still be long lasting if it's personal. Yeah. I think you lose the personal in a lot of what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it goes back to the HGTV article of again, just like the copy paste. Yeah. And so I'm like, it's a disservice to everybody if you are a copy and paste, mm-hmm. I think. And I don't think when we think about like long lasting and what has staying power, it's something that's emotional, emotionally personal to you that will stay with you forever because you loved it, mm-hmm. you know? And sometimes if it's a trend or if it feels a little bit more vanilla, it's disposable, you know? But if you're passionate about it and not everything's going to be like that in the home, I will say there will be things that you will rotate through and that's okay. But just making sure that like it has a stamp of individuality. Um, I, yeah, I think that that is. And by individuality, we, we, it's yeah. like more than just putting your kids' pictures in the frames, but this could be anybody's house, right? Mm. Other than the photos in the frames. So I do think that that's unfortunate. And that doesn't just happen in Utah. That happens everywhere, everywhere yeah. right? Everybody's starting to develop. across multiple mediums. It's not just interior design. For sure. So, yeah. For sure. But like when I was really heavy into like the Provo music scene, one thing I loved about it is there was a lot of talent and you would, you could hear a band, you'd be like, Oh, that's so-and-so's band or whatever. And it was awesome. Unfortunately, I know, you know, maybe you guys don't feel this way. I feel if I'm like seeing a bunch of pictures of a bunch of, you know, different design firms, I'm, I can't distinguish between them. Mm -hmm. And I don't like that for myself because I'm, I can't pick out things like, Oh, this feels like, Mm -hmm. you know, this person, or I, Mm -hmm. you know, I know where they like, got this from like it just it it feels too homogenized Mm -hmm. for me and I like I like someone's personal touch Mm -hmm. 
on, on something. Yeah, it so. does feel like the artistry has gotten lost in the formula, right? Mm-hmm. A little diluted. Yeah. yeah. And there are there are several several firms that I feel like I can't tell the difference from one to the next. If you just showed me a picture and said, whose work is this? I'd be like, this is one of four designers mm-hmm. here, Yeah, exactly. here in Utah. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. Feel. Yeah. So I don't know. But again, like the, the client knows what they're going to get and they probably them and their significant other both feel safe in that decision. And that, that it's good that there's plenty of those offerings here in the States. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's wildly popular. And I think maybe some of like the default answer to why there's so much copy and paste, it's like, cause that's what everyone wants. But that's where I'm saying like, as a designer, it's your job mm-hmm. to push what someone wants yeah. and then that will become, mm-hmm. you know, the, the desire is mm-hmm. to have something that's your own, you yeah. know, but. Well, and I think for that designer, like yeah, if somebody's hiring them, they're probably so excited to be working with that designer. They'd probably like just about anything they put out, mm-hmm. right? Cause they're like, I've seen your work. I trust you. I want you to push me. Right. Yep. So they're, they're really going to like so much of what you put out. So if they did challenge themselves a little bit more, um, I think the client would be happy too. Totally. Yeah. Totally agree to that. I, yeah. We have a client that just recently I got on the phone with him and he has, was working with an architect and he said, he's just like, I want you to challenge the architect. I want you to challenge me. And he's like a very successful individual. Mm-hmm. And so that was like a real like quest to me to be like, all right, Sue, like put your gloves on. Let's, you know, we're, we're lovely to work with. Game time. Yeah. I like hit anybody, but to just like really bring it. And I like, we always say we'd rather be pushed or we would rather be pulled back than pushed forward. I'd rather someone say, okay, mm-hmm. I like that. Let's just like tone it down a little bit and be like, okay, but I don't ever want someone to be, to tell me this is really boring and it's the exact same thing that I showed you. I, I expected and more. I expected wow, that's more. A, that's you know? a jab, right? Yeah. 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 Jab. That, yeah. yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So does that answer your question? Totally. Okay. Yep. All right. The next one, you can have nineties Oak cabinets in a kitchen and your kitchen doesn't have to look like the nineties. I disagree. <laughs> Me too. Well, also here's why I think I'm a good one to answer this question. A, I graduated in 1993 from high school. So I remember the 90s very well. I also have an oak kitchen in my current home. My mom had an oak kitchen in the 90s. Mm. They could not be more unique. We were talking just before the podcast about this. There's something about that honey oak color. It's orange. It's orange. The um, the hardware. Also, the cabinetry never went to the ceiling. So there's this big dust collector, maybe plants, faux plants lived up there with spider webs and dust all over them. Mm-hmm. Not you, mom. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about everybody <laughs> the, else. Everyone else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the ceiling, today the cabinetry goes to the ceiling or there's a soffit with crown molding, but there's no longer the dust collection. Nobody has done honey oak since the nineties. I don't know if it's going to come back or not. You know what I mean? Like our, our Oak came around again and it came um, more grade or ceruse or toned down, but we have better lacquers today that don't yellow the woods like they did in the nineties. Yep. Yeah. To me, that finish is nineties. I mean, I was born in 87. So, you know, I like lived through that, that the home that I consider that I grew up in had those kitchen cabinets. And I'm just like, Mm-hmm. Do you guys remember Oak yeah. Plus? Yeah. It's like a whole oh, furniture yeah. store and they like Dedicated specialized to oaks. in that yeah. many oak. Yeah. yeah. I think definitely we, when we went to market, we're seeing woods warm up, but they're richer. And I think there's still kind of a shallowness yeah. to that honey oak. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's pretty and I don't think it has the depth that even, you know, I think even with like the bleached ones or any of the ones that we have seen. Yeah. 
they at least have like there's something linear there's about a, it or there's some a tone. Lovely. There's better cuts today. We ceruse things, um, or not ceruse, excuse me. We um, quarter saw them or um, riff saw them, you know, mm, yep. riff saw them. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like the details, like the shapes, like do you remember like the panel that would come off the doors that like, kind of had like a double lip yeah. that, and it had like an arch that was, yes. you know, kind of, uh-huh. to me, that's, yeah. I mean, if that's, that's nineties. Well, right now nineties fashion is in like, this is the nineties again. This is our take on it. Mm -hmm. And we just haven't seen a honey oak in this generation of the nineties again. I think we left those things behind. Did we learn like we ripped them out and nobody wants to see them again. Cause they're, Mm -hmm. cause they're my age or around my age. Right. We're, we, we know better. We learned. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, I disagree. And if you inherited bad architecture or honey oak, like you're going to have to just do some like big power moves to like band-aid it for the moment. Mm-hmm. And then just like plan on what is, what is something that you love that you're going to like replace it with? Cause I don't think it has long lasting power at all. Yeah. So Okay. The next one, bathroom hardware should be the same brand and finish as the plumbing fixtures. So I'm guessing hardware on cabinets. Yeah. Um, I don't know about brand. You could do the same finish. Like let's just say you're polished nickel across the board. You could do polished nickel knobs and your faucet and your shower um, suite. And I, I agree to that. If you I don't think it has to be though, it doesn't have to be, but it also doesn't have to be the same. So like if I'm getting a Kohler um, faucet, I'm not getting Kohler knobs too. No. Right. No, Do they like sell those, knobs? Does Kohler sell knobs probably. hardware? They probably do. Oh, do you know what? Maybe like she's talking about like the shower hooks and, or the bathrobe hooks oh. and the towel bars. Yeah. Maybe they're saying that, that whole thing should be the same suite. That I suite? think that's I think lovely. So. I, think that's I nice. like that. Yeah. The uniformity. But I think if your you're cabinet using, knobs, like depending on like the finish of your cabinet mm-hmm. and you want to be more decorative, like, and you want to go to like a gold or something, totally do it. Yeah. You can mix that so up. Mix that up. But, but I do agree. I also think that's the true for like use the whole suite. Mm-hmm. I also think that's true for appliances. Like if you're going to stick with, you know, Sub-Zero Wolf, stay with it for the whole suite. You want your handles to match, which is the same what we're saying here. We want, if we're using the purest collection through Kohler, then um, your towel bars, your rope hooks, all of that is going to have the same, yeah. the same communication, the same language is happening and it's going to look really high end and chic. Yep. Cool. Yeah. The next person put where to put marble, but I'm going to say they're a place you should or should not, you know, marble. Yeah. It depends on the person Mm -hmm. because marble we know is porous. We know we got to seal it a lot. Uh, We put it in, we put it in kitchens and bathrooms and laundry rooms. Um, if you're a perfectionist, you probably shouldn't have marble in very many places because it is a living finish and you're going to see, um, wear tear on it. It's can etch. It's softer. It is. It's yeah. If you cut on it, Mm -hmm. you're going to, you're going to see that. That's the way marble goes. Over time, it will all start to blend together a little bit and it won't be like, but at the beginning, especially if you're, my mother's a perfectionist and I should not have done marble with her because she sees every little thing and she tries to fix it to make it perfect like the rest of everything else. But like we said, like you, if you just like live in it for a while, it'll become like the city of Carrera yeah. and it will all start to just like melt into each other. And it, there's an antiquity to it. So mm-hmm. not everybody should have marble. Yeah. 100%. You know, if you're a type A personality maybe, or you're just, you just like things to be perfect. I think it'll be dissatisfying for you to have 
marble and there's so many amazing options today. You don't have to do marble. Even though that look is trending, you're going to be great with quartzite. You're going to be really great with um, certain granites and, or you could do a quartz. You could do a man-made material um, if you wanted to, and you're going to get a really perfect outcome with that. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. And where we use it, yeah, kitchens, bathrooms. I think marbles have a lot of fun variety as far as colors go. Mm-hmm. Um, and most stones have like some variety, but I feel like marble has the most. Yeah. When it comes to like different like options and being opinionated. So we use them everywhere. Mantles, we'll do carved and, stone mantles. We'll do like oh, thresholds, yeah. you know, like into into bathrooms. And there's, if you look on Pinterest for like a hot second, like that's like my whole feed is just like different applications of marble. Mm-hmm. I can't get enough of it. And they're all like opinionated mm-hmm. colorful ones with like they're pink, orange, green. Yeah, they everything. look like candy nowadays. It's so And beautiful. you're like even seeing pairings of different mar- marbles like on a mantle. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh, hot damn. But, you know, I have to say like Willy Wonka's factory. the conversation so with marble is, um, I mean, in the beginning, if you're trying to decide what to use, it's, it's less about durability. I don't feel like when we're looking at all of these extraordinary yeah. marbles, we're trying to figure out the best application to get a look and feel. Yeah. And usually the homeowner is on that journey with you and they just really want this look, right? And then they figure out how to seal it, how often to seal it, how to take care of it. All of that's figure outable. It's like getting the right look oftentimes that's, that's leading the conversation and less about the maintenance because it's, we live in a day and age where there's great sealants and great ways to take care of things. There's people that can even come service it for you. So rehone in five years. So that shouldn't lead the conversation. If durability is your number one part of the conversation then you probably don't care as much about, um, exotic colors and whatnot. Yeah, 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 totally. I mean, and, and again, there's so many species and breeds and I swear to you when I could, I'm, it could just be my, my age, but I swear to you when, when we were growing up, marble was never a conversation. My mom's kitchen counters were tiled in the eighties and nineties. Like people didn't have slabs for countertops. Stuart Little, you know, which has its charm, like in a little cottage. Yeah, definitely. Like not with the wood. Yeah, I'm sure certain wealthy households had slab countertops, but it wasn't like today we're using it as backsplashes, whole bathrooms. It's really on the scene and they figured out ways over the last couple of decades how to take care of it, Mm -hmm. how to service it, where, how to make it available in the world. We live in such an amazing time and um, I really feel like you, you can live with marble comfortably as long as you're, you're okay maintaining it, mm-hmm. you know? So or, you have to decide what feels best to you inside yeah. your, your psyche on how you feel about home and how you take care of home. Um, and maybe, you know, you're more relaxed and casual about, you know, the etchings. You're like, yeah, of course, of course this is going to happen. It's totally fine. Yeah. I'm going to get them resealed in, in six more months. Yeah. Or I'm just going to continue to let it do this until that's, it all melts into itself. Like Sue said. Yeah. Cool. The next one is where to save versus where to splurge. So um, I'll start this one off because this is how I was thinking about okay. it. Yeah. I used to think this was my mindset mm-hmm. and I've since changed uh, that I should like buy the cheaper thing, you know, because I um, let's say like a sectional or sofa. Mm-hmm. I'm going to buy the cheaper thing because I'm not in the home that I want to be in yet. I've even heard that argument from someone lately. And I thought to myself, I was like, I don't feel that way anymore. I'm just like, I, I mean, you can definitely move that sofa and sectional out of your home into the other one, you know, and find a place for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, that's, I think in buying a nice, you know, something that you will use and that you appreciate, it's nice and expensive. Mm -hmm. Do it now. Mm -hmm. Enjoy it now. 
take it with you to your next home, you know? Yeah. yeah it's certainly a greener way of thinking also that we're not filling the landfills and mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Going through so much disposable furniture mm-hmm. um, and just saving up for the thing that you really, really love. And then just continue to build on that collection, I think is a really lovely everlasting mentality to have for a lot of things like have way less clothes in your closet way less shoes. It's easier to make decisions, um, rather than getting into all the fast fashion and things that sort of dissolve in the wash and don't look the same once they come out the other side. Mm -hmm. Um, it's hard though to bridle that when you're really excited to want to get a home or maybe your partner in life feels differently than you do. So that's always something that can really hijack your ability to, let's just say like you're, you're, um, you've been married for a few years and you decide to have kids, right? You have to buy a lot of stuff all at once because you're like, oh my gosh, we're going to be parents. Yeah. And so it's, you know, you're going to keep rubbing up against the same thing on quality versus like, well, that's such a short stage. The child's only going to be, he's going to be potty trained in two years. He's not even need this changing table. Why would we invest in it? Or Mm -hmm. there's so many ways to feel about it. And there's so many different ways to get it done. Still buying quality, but buying used. Um, But as far as the home goes, what are we going to, what are you going to invest in Sue? And what what are you going to splurge on? And what are you going to save on? I think I'm going to invest in like what, where I'm sitting. Cause like just the pieces that you're going to, you could take with you things that you could that your body is going to actually have interaction with. So like your sofas, my bed, honestly, the rug still, my feet are going to be on top of that. But that's what I find like has value to me. Mm -hmm. So the rug is important. The size of the rug, the construction of the rug is important to me. Can you get a, like a look for less expensive that will be disposable? You betcha. But I would like my sofa, my rug, my art. That's what I'd spend my money on. Mm. Other things like side tables, like if you can find the right scale for a small dining table or something from like a vintage place or like thrift some of these things, I'd probably try and get away with some of those things. My accents, I'd, I would go less on. And that's what I have done historically. Mm-hmm. Like, as I think about my purchasing decisions, like mm-hmm. we had a vintage sofa before I bought like the silver leafed one from Alice Lane. Like yeah. that was my first like big purchase and I loved it. And then like in my next phase of life, like it changed to a different sofa, but I was able to sell that sofa. So I don't know, but the things that like I sit on that, like we cuddle on with our kids, like mm-hmm. those things are important to me. Like, and I think the upholstery, what you actually like end your days on like your whole body, that's what you should invest in. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that 35% of adults report experiencing poor sleep quality? Let me put you onto something that is going to transform your sleep. Cozy Earth Bedding is temperature regulating people. This is huge. If you and your spouse do not sleep at the same temperature, which most people don't, I'm freezing, my husband's hot. This is a massive benefit and breakthrough for us when we started sleeping on Cozy Earth. You can both sleep on the same mattress with the same sheets and be completely comfortable They also have a 100-night sleep trial guarantee and a 10-year warranty, which I don't know of anybody that does this. They're that confident in the product, and so am I. When I first touched Cozy Earth products, I could not believe the soft hand on it. It also almost has like a cool feel to your hand. To your um, hand, it's like slippery dolphin. Like your feet swishing around is so so 
addictive. I can't sleep with anything but Cozy Earth sheets. I'm obsessed. Um, Also, you need to treat yourself to the ultimate comfort with Cozy Earth. I love the sleepwear. I love the sweats and the bedding is amazing. You can prioritize your self-care, your sleep health, if you just head over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code DEARALICE for an exclusive 35% off. You guys, we don't have to wait for a sale. You can use this anytime. Again, the code is DEARALICE for an exclusive 35% off. Better sleep awaits you with Cozy Earth. Totally. I, I agree. Um, I'm trying to think when I was young and just getting started, we still... We bought a sofa that we still are obsessed with today. And my brothers even said, hey, can I buy that sofa from you? It's like 22 years old and it is such a cream puff and sits great and looks great. And I'm like, no, you can't. I'm always going to have this sofa. I love it so much. And when we lived in Virginia, I don't remember the store, but it was a a nice store. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it's this blue velvet sofa that we just love. It's downfield and so comfy. Um, so yeah, I do, I do feel so good about buying something really, really great. And then just, you know, I remember going to buy a dining set after that for the same Virginia house we had and almost buying a set just to fill the space. And I just couldn't pull the trigger for some reason. I didn't love it. I love the idea of this room being done, but I just couldn't love it. And I wasn't in the furniture business and whatnot. I'm so glad I waited and showed the discipline. Sometimes checking the box feels better to people. Oh, uh, yeah. Then I used to do that and I hate it. Then doing it right. Well, but yeah, you have to learn through that though, mm-hmm. right? So I don't know. We all feel differently about it. There's also like certain deals or sales going on that sometimes catapult a purchase because you're like, oh my gosh, this is the perfect time to buy the frame TV because, um, you know, they're all on sale right now or the old models are, there's always, there's always something that you can get a good deal on something that you've wanted. But um, yeah, I think... I think case goods, you want to do that right. It's frustrating when those um, don't work well or the wood, it looks terrible or something like that. Nails are on. Yeah. Mm. Art, I totally agree with. It's it's a luxury to buy fine art like what you have a lot of, Sue. But there are ways to um, buy art from new up, up and coming artists that are less expensive. I know. And I would say like most of my art yeah. is from just like the stuff that they're trying to move out of their gallery and things. There's ways to get art, like mm-hmm. small, like paper art, and you frame it beautifully. So you're yeah. spending a little bit more on the framing, but the actual art didn't cost you that much, but it looks expensive. Yeah. So, and I think you can go on it. So you can go on so many places and find vintage art. I think mm-hmm. And vintage rugs. Yeah. Vintage rugs, any of those. And I think that, the, again, it's good for the planet. It's kind of like giving something new love. Mm-hmm. And I think that those two are heirloom. Yeah. Quality usually. Sure. Also, when I was building my home, I invested in lighting. I, I, I hung beautiful lights throughout the house. I was like, we're getting the house done. We're getting it all installed. The sconces, everything is going to be right. I can live without furniture or getting the furniture exactly right for a minute, but I just don't want to have to buy something cheap to later install something better. Mm-hmm. So I rarely do people do that. The yeah. stuff that's like fixed to your house. Rarely do they like, uh, it's like, it feels like too much work. Cause you have to have someone come in and take it down and put up the new one. There's yeah. Dust. Or they just cap, they just put caps everywhere and then they have to eventually find those chandeliers. But I remember the first compliment I got on my house was my brother walks through and he's like, wow, the lighting is in your house. Looks like a lighting showroom. <laughs> the lighting's incredible in your home. And I was like, wow, thank you. I like that room might be empty, that front room, but I at least got the lights right. So I would splurge on getting those things that are fixed to your walls. 
Um, one thing that one of the designers that works for us said, she just barely built a home um, with a, kind of a tract home builder. So you choose from the design center what you did. And she said, I would never, ever, ever let the builder put the glue glue on mirrors He's on dead. the walls. Yeah. She said, don't have them do it because if you ever try to take them off, it ruins the sheetrock. Yep. So she said, just don't even, just tell them you don't even want a mirror and then you buy your own mirrors mm-hmm. because that's going to look higher end and get your own sconces than trying to have the builder just hurry in. And she also said they would only do one or two tone paint, but it was ex- really expensive to do two tones. So she just said, she treated it like the Guggenheim, yeah. much like Sue, and she went white um, on, on everything and did one tone. Um, and then you could always come back and paint a room and leave those white moldings if you wanted to, but just like little tiny ways to get around, um, building like your first home and making it look more like your ever after house, right. By just, uh, pulling a few of those tricks, we should do a podcast on there and have her come on. Yeah. Yeah, Because she just really went through the process. And I think she looks like she has a custom home with, um, with more of a spec home builder. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Open floor plan and tall ceilings versus cozy and separate spaces. I'm uh, kind of like, I'm like in separate spaces. Yeah. For I'm, sure. I'm a little bit in between cause I still, I like a great room just to be able to interact with people that are, I don't know, like just like yeah. at a party. I'm like, Hey, you know, like yeah. that type of thing. That is nice. Um, I like that. This is my personal opinion. So sorry. But if like the whole, like, um, super tall ceilings like in a a, a family room like it's it's too much it's for like me. a racquetball court yeah it it, <laughs> re- it really it does. does and it's it's almost too grand for me i i can't mm-hmm. feel at home in that so yeah um we looked at like a floor plan that, you know ours was a floor plan that was created already and we like kind of messed with it a little bit we looked at one that had that and the idea of it to me sounds nice but yeah. i i just couldn't imagine like decompressing at the end of the day there. Cause I'm like, am I in a grand hall or what's happening? Yeah. That's how I felt. That's me personally. So totally. I think a good floor plan has a little bit of both. Like a gathering area does have room for like your people to gather, but it has enough of like beautiful corridors and like journeys to like other experiences. Mm-hmm. Think about my mom's house, which was built in 1911. And so it's very much like little compartmentalized home. Right. And it's like definitely not, it doesn't have a great room. But she has a kitchen like toward the back of her house, which makes sense for that area of house. And then like a living room at the front. And I tell you, what, I always, I do like it when you do, I feel like that's how you entertain the kitchen and the living room. Everyone's watching the game and we're all yelling and eating at the same time. But there's something really fun about going to my mom's house because there's all the guys or whoever's watching games and there's a big crowd in the living room. But then I usually go back with her and I talk with her and like, there's usually a group of girls and stuff. And we're just like talking back in the kitchen uninterrupted by them. So I don't know. I can, I can make an argument for both depending on how you live. I like, I like small little spaces though. That's what I make. I've experienced in all my homes though. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I think today if you're, if you're building a new home, you're for sure going to do the kitchen great room situation. Yeah. Even if like the rest yeah. of my rooms are closed off, mm-hmm. um, they have like big cased openings, like not doors shutting off the main rooms um, to the, to like the main hallway in my house. But that, that area where entertaining and uh, company and everything, it's mm-hmm. just one big space. And we just, uh, we just experienced that, you know, throughout the holidays and it's just really fun energy and you can yell across and see what's going on and nobody ever feels like they're alone to the other. So I feel like I'd always want those spaces in concert with each other because that's kind of the heart of the home, both of those rooms, but it is really fun. I, one of my favorite things to do is to be in one room, 
um, and looking across into my hallway and another room, just like those transitions between spaces, Mm -hmm. being in one scene and experiencing another and just, I don't know, it's just really fun. It's beautiful in photography when you see that in interior design books and magazines and you can create a whole scene when you have these individual rooms, even if it's just a case opening no doors, but you can still like the room wraps itself around you and it's hard in those great big rooms. You, nobody wants to wallpaper them because it would be gosh, awfully expensive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it would just require too much labor, too much expense and making any changes to it. Drapery, two stories tall. It's, it's a big feat yeah. to, to work those out and to make them feel warm. Um, anything you're going to do to warm it up is just going to be four times more money than, you know, than a normal room size. So yeah, but I think people that building them probably know that and they have the pocketbook to go ahead and furnish a grand room and for entertaining, my gosh, it's so fun. It's really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Architecture, I would say like your the scale of yours too is really nice because you do you are a little bit lower in the kitchen. It still feels like healthy, yeah. no one feels small or anything. And then you do have the lift in your family room. So even though they're attached, they still have like this like intimate moment where I could tuck away and like tell you a secret over here while all this is going on. And I think giving yourself some of that. I think that's like the perfect medium. To yeah. Have it's still dynamic enough that, um, because they are, I like too that yours doesn't like completely line up, mm-hmm. you know, like there's a kind of this bend in the architecture. And I think that's more interesting. And you know what? I'm going to say this right now. I think that like the pendulum is going to swing. And I think like yeah. it's been this for so long in these big, massive, great rooms. And I think people are starting to fill their human self in spaces again. Mm-hmm. And I think they like it and they like a difference of temperature, a difference of color, something different than the all white room. And so I'm really curious to watch how architecture, instead of like going in, you feel like the same kind of formula. We've all seen the floor plans. We've all walked through the same thing over and over again. I'm curious how it's going to evolve like in the next decade. Yeah, for sure. Really curious. I talked to one architect at McAlpin and Tankersley. Um, Greg Tankersley said, um, yeah, but you, you don't want to build some big home where it's just you and your spouse at the end of the day and you've done raising your kids and you're rattling around in there like two Tic Tacs, you know? <laughs> so true. <laughs> and so I, true. I just never forgot that visual because at the end of the day, unfortunately, our kids, it's the plan in life generally for the kids to grow up and go have their own lives, much like our parents allowed us to do right now. Obviously there's circumstances that are all going to come up and, you know, I'm sure my kids will move back in with me and I'll be so happy about it. But, um, at some point though, you might end up with an empty nest and what is that house going to feel like with just two people in it? And it is something to consider if you're building the ever after home is what is this going to feel like for just you and me? And is this how we want to live? And I think that goes back to the traditional idea of, well, the primary bedroom then should be on the main level, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like my parents' home has three levels of heating and air conditioning and it's in zones because they just live on the main level. When all of us kids come home to stay at their house, they turn on the heat or air in the different zones, um, either upstairs or downstairs where the bedrooms are. And and then we fill up the house again. But for the most part, their, their lives can take place on the main floor of their home without them rattling around in there like two tic tacs you know yeah yeah uh we have time for a couple more um we've talked about this one karate chopping pillows i saw the kardashians i was watching (laughs) do tell that the other day um i do too it was their palm springs house but the pillow was just aggressive yeah i was like guys (laughs) enough i mean come on like yeah put your finger on the pulse you know Yeah. yeah Um, so yeah, and it looked ridiculous to me. So 
that's crazy. But and the karate chop was proof that it was down, not Polly. Like yes. that was the reason that let's talk about origin of that. Mm-hmm. I think right now, and I think that we saw it best. I think so. When I see like Suzanne Castor's spaces, mm-hmm. you never see a karate shop chop and she's been around the block for a long time. Maybe she had an exaggerated one at one point. I doubt it because she's so good about like effortless living and it just feeling just graceful. Yeah. It's just graceful like you to just not like still lie on it and you still kind of like fluff it and everything. And you put it there and like, just make sure it still feels full and like has some uh-huh. movement in it, but it doesn't have to be so aggressive. You know? Yeah. I think, sh- I think if you shake the pillow, yeah. um, the upside down, so you have the zipper at the top of your hands and you shake it. So all the down can get down toward the, and then turn it around. So it's nice and full and just barely push in on both sides it just makes it look really soft and full and then set that down and kind of pull the bottom of the pillow down a little bit. So it's slightly leaning. Mm-hmm. It looks so homey and inviting that you just want to like lay down or lean up against it and, you know, pair another pillow with it. But I just, I think that that's so chic. Yeah. And I mean, kind of take a page out of a book in Arc Digest or El Decor, any recent issues of magazines. I just don't think you're going to see a karate chop. It feels too forced now. It does. But also, here's what I'm going to say. I think um, most, probably most of us are cleaning our own homes. Those people that have help cleaning their homes, I think it's something that the cleaning people do because maybe that's what you've always done. So even though it's kind of like skinny jeans are out right now, some people are still wearing skinny jeans, you know? And I think it's one of those things that you're like, it's not in right now, but they don't know any better. And they're just putting the house together the way that you've always wanted it, which is to just hit that really hard in the middle. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sure like Chris Jenner, um, she doesn't know any better, right? She's, it's just probably the people that are keeping her house that are doing it that way. And she probably is like, Oh, I need to tell you karate chopping the pillows is out and what is in now? When we're filming. Which sounds which sounds so <laughs> yeah. funny. Like, yeah. yeah, it, it, sounds, does, it, it sounds, sounds so we funny. We sound ridiculous. Yeah, just like as a tip for you guys moving forward, just like just be effortless. Yeah, mm-hmm. be effortless. Yeah, yeah. be believable. Yeah. yeah, not just not such hard triangular shapes. Yeah, don't try so hard. Yeah, I think like that goes for anybody. That's like, stop trying so hard. Really well said. Thank you, Sue. Yes. Yep. We'll make this last one about how many pillows is too many. Oh, I think it. Yeah. D- size. I. Size matters. Yeah. And where, <laughs> and what, what, like we're talking a bed. Yeah. Sofa. It depends on the length of the sofa. I think for most sofas, I like three pillows, two on one side, two on the other. If the sofa's long, I like two on each side. Two on one side, one on the other. Sorry. Yep. Okay. And here's, here's another formula. 22s or? 22s, 22 inch squares. Mm-hmm. And I want the, I want the two um, on each side to match. Let's just say I'm going to use our, my, one of my favorite pillows is our ivory silk pillow. What's it called? Luna silk. Yep. So pretty. My favorite pillow is the Luna silk 22 inch that we sell on our website. I like it in my bedroom. I like it in my great room. I like it. Two of them on the day bed. I love this pillow. You guys, I can't get enough of it. So I'm going to put two Luna silks in each corner of the sofa. And then I'm going to find one pillow that's going to maybe either be patterned or colored. And I'm going to put that in the front. Now, if my sofa is really long, like I have our Theo sofa in our living room. Then I put two so pillows like in front. Inches. 107 yeah. inches long. Yeah. So I put Luna silks and I put two um, pillows in front. And those don't have to match. It depends on the style too of the person. If they're um, more casual. I still think the, the three is good. Yeah. I like the two matching though, for sure. And yeah. Just like one, a ball pillow or. The ball pillow is like the big good. pillow. Um, 
crush craze right now. Everybody That's wants I have the ball my pillow on my big, and I only yeah. have and I only have three pillows on my long 108 inch sofa. So you have two but, matching and one yeah, ball. But they're lead coat, and so they're really sized. They're 24 scale. inch, they're 24 inches or 25. So I like to have yeah, two more. Those things would just be tossed, and so I have two. Yeah, of there's those no room for a ball pillow, and then I walk away. But I'm more casual. Yeah. So if you're more formal, two and two is beautiful just, on a length. You just don't want to have to take pillows off to sit down. You want to be able just to sit into it, right? And yeah. be comfortable or lay that pillow down and lay on top of it and put your feet up and watch TV. Mm. So yep. what about if like the sofa's this, you know what I mean? And there's an arm here, arm here. Uh-huh. What do you, or this is a sectional. You Sex, know? So a sofa chaise? A <laughs> no, like this. Uh, oh, it's a sofa love. Yes. Like a, yep. right? Sofa Return. Yeah. yeah. Um. So this is shorter than this Okay. Side. So that corner of the sectional is going to get three pillows. In my opinion, what do you think? And then do nothing Depending on the on arm the closest to it and just on the yeah. other opposite side? No, you're putting one one in that arm and you're going to put one or two over on this side. Okay. It depends on the length of the sofa again and how this is going to scale. Yeah. Susan's going to sketch this for you. So basically, um, to those of you that are listening and not watching, um, what we said was in the corner, we're going to do in the corner of your sectional, we're going to do three pillows, maybe two or ball pillow, two or sorry, square two or square pillows, maybe a ball pillow throws off the rhythm on the short end of the sofa, which is maybe more like a love seat on one end. You're just going to put one pillow on that arm. And then on the opposite arm of the longest run of the sectional is going to be two pillows. So yeah, kind of odd numbers overall. Six. A yeah. bunch, of, a bunch of small ones. We're no, we're no, no. on that. And no it, to eighteen inch pillows mm -hmm. for the most part, unless it's a really shallow sofa. Well, and I feel like usually if most people, if they walk into the room, they're like, it's just not right. They're missing end tables, lights, and their pillows are wrong. Yeah, the rug's probably not big enough either. Yeah, yeah. and I hate to say it, but pillows are just going to be frustrating at um, the price that they are. I just, you you get what you pay for. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm just saying. Close your eyes, you hand over your card and then you only have to do it once. Cry once, buy once. Yeah. yeah. You're going to love them forever if you get the right size and if you get the right fill, you know, downfill, yes. you can find downfilled pillows at like home goods and stuff, but you've got to do, that's when you do the karate chop guys. You're going to karate chop those pillows in the aisle of wherever you're shopping. Because if it doesn't karate chop, it's polyfill. And it hits you back. <laughs> like yeah. if that pillow hits you back, it's not the right one. For I you. think the only time you can get away with a polyfill is outdoor furniture. They're usually poly because uh, unless you have like Water a- Water has to go through it. And that's usually a polyfill. They are yeah. getting better. There's some down, but it's very rare that you find it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's what that's what poly is fill in, polyfill is for, in my opinion, is outdoor. Mm -hmm. And then indoor, you're going to be down. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. Good. That's it for today. Okay. Awesome. Thanks yeah. for listening, everybody. Um, if you guys have questions for our podcast, please send them to us. We love hearing from you. Love it. It's one of our favorite things. We like to sort of sit around and read reviews um, or, or look at questions that come in before we start to write any of these podcasts. And um, we really are doing this for you. And so we want to know what you guys want to know and what you're thinking. And we love your reviews. And um, if you like the podcast, please leave us a five-star review. It helps other people find us and um, it helps them know that you like uh, the podcast. So thank you for listening and we'll catch you next time. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like our show, please leave a five-star rating.